All right, guys, welcome to this episode of The View from the Milk Barn, a podcast by Derek Joseph. This one's going to be a great one. It's about the fact that lab-grown meats could be up to 25 times more harmful for the environment than regular beef and other meats. So let's get into it. Here we go. All right, let's get into this. But before we start, remember, I am a dairy farmer. I definitely have a dog in this fight, but I think it's ridiculous the amount of money we are spending on these technologies. According to a new study, animal cell culture is done with growth mediums components, which have to be refined to remove and reduce endotoxins. Ooh, that sounds fun. You know, in beef, we have a system to do that. It's called the animal goes to the bathroom and gets rid of excess waste from their body. Uh, but I digress. The use of these refined methods contributes significantly to the economic and environmental costs associated with pharmaceutical products since they are both energy and resource intensive. Oh, man. Assuming that they this process has to continue to use those that researchers estimate that each kilogram of lab-grown beef produces anywhere between 246 to 1500 kilograms of carbon dioxide. Based on these figures, they calculate that the global warming potential of cultured meat is between four and 25 times greater than that of retail beef. Much of this is uh, from the impact of fossil fuel requirements associated with the purification of the growth medium components between three and 17 times greater than the amount used to produce boneless beef. Oh man. This is, this is a no brainer people. There's obviously going to be more emissions to first of all, build the factories to grow this substance they want to call meat. There's the water usage, there's the energy usage, there is the waste product that we don't even have a clue what to do with yet. Uh, disgusting. I'm sorry. I'm going to take a natural beef burger over a lab-grown beef every day of the week. But Let's get into this whole theory. It's not even comparing apples to apples. All the emissions from lab-grown meat are emissions that we wouldn't have otherwise. We're, we're just going to use beef as the example. Whereas a beef cow is part of the carbo carbon... Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm butchering this. I'm butchering this title, so I'm just going to give up on trying to say it but it's a natural cycle, biogenic carbon cycle. There we go, I got it. A cow eats, feeds, whether they're out on the prairie just eating natural grasses or they're in a feedlot, they are eating plants that grew out of the ground, which meant they took carbon out of the air to grow. The cow eats that carbon and belches out methane and between 12 and 15 years of that methane being up in the air, it is recycled back down and growing plants again. 
this is why this argument is so ridiculous. Nothing from lab-grown meat is going up and coming right back down. It's not a natural cycle. It's just dumb. This, this whole, the amount of money that is being wasted trying to build a better product than we already could do raising animals just so people might feel better about the fact that they're not technically eating an animal is dumb. It is the height of idiocracy. Some of the reasons they say that we should be going this route include you're not actually eating an animal because it's grown in a lab, um, less water usage. But to get into that, you have to remember that like 96% of all the water used to raise an animal to slaughter weight is called green water, which means it's water that's falling from the sky and is naturally irrigating the crops. So are you really saving water? And, and they no longer have the uh, high ground when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions. So why are we spending billions of dollars on this research? I'll tell you why. And it has nothing to do with the environment. They want to take productive grasslands and production agriculture out of agriculture and rewild it. That is their end goal. They don't want you to be able to go to your local farmer and buy products. They want you dependent on the fact that you will have to buy this slop that they make in vats. They want to take vast amounts of acreage out of production, take it away from independent farmers, and they want to destroy local food economies. Because make no mistake about it, you take animal agriculture off the table, out, out of the market, and our whole food system gets less efficient. It gets, it, it almost falls apart because you have all the byproducts from the refining of other foods for human consumption that get fed back into livestock. I'm talking your oat milks, your almond milks, all those all have byproducts that are fed back into agriculture. You, all your bakery waste, everything that is not fit for human consumption is fed back into livestock, which up, which in turn upcycle it and create a very nutrient dense product that is the best food for you to eat, but they don't want you to be able to do that. They want you to have to buy this lab-grown BS that they are going to try and continue to push. You'll eat the bugs or the lab-grown meat and be happy. There you have it. There's my view on this whole ridiculousness. Stop buying into the line that you're going to save the environment by eating lab-grown meat or even fake meat because it also it also takes land and materials 
and is very energy intense to make. This is all dumb. And frankly, we've been lied to our whole lives. Animal fats, meat is probably what you should be eating. Not these ultra processed carbs that are making all of us fat, me included. I love my, I, I love my baked goods way too much. Every time I switch and go to a mainly meat-based diet, I shed weight like you wouldn't believe. Why? Because our bodies are actually designed for meat. Anyway, I'm getting off topic now. There you have it. There's this week's uh, spotlight. Animal agriculture, once again, the thing that's demonized the most is not a major culprit in climate change. It's not destroying the environment. But they're still going to try and push you into eating this slop. And I would say no. Well, guys, the Supreme Court has done it. They've made it so everybody's food prices are going to go up. What am I talking about? Well, they just ruled that Prop 12 passed in California by voters in 2018 can enforce animal welfare standards put in place in California outside of California borders. How can they do that? Well, let me explain it to you. California eats a lot of food. There's a lot of people living there. And if you want to sell your products into California, you have to meet their standards. I don't think California has thought voters thought this through because now egg prices, pork prices, everything is going to go up because it costs money to do lots of things like revamp existing facilities to meet those standards, to uh, build new facilities to meet those standards. And it's going to end up with a more expensive product, but Hey, California just decided for the rest of the country. Thanks, California. You're doing great work. Uh, this was really hard, folks, because I don't think that that's right. I do not think a one state should be able to dictate how animals are raised or animals are housed in another state. I really don't think that that's uh, something we should be delving into because that is going to make it so a few states dictate to the rest of the country animal welfare standards and it's the voters in those states who aren't in agriculture and have no expertise in agriculture who vote on a motion that will end up making everybody's food prices go up and the supreme court just said that that's okay. Well, technically, though, they didn't say that. They said that they aren't equipped to make a ruling, so they let it be. This is bad, though. Expect 
food prices to go up. I've got one more story for you before we go. This one you're going to love. It's uh, how many of you remember all the conspiracy theories about them burning production facilities down in the United States to starve the population? Well, here in Oregon, we had a dairy manufacturing plant burned down to the ground. Oh, my gosh. Grand conspiracy, right? Well, good news. They just finished rebuilding it and it is back in production. So I guess, I guess maybe it wasn't actually going to cause people to starve because believe it or not, accidents happen, fires happen. And when they do, facilities get rebuilt. Hopefully with better fire safety standards in place, but that's what happens. Most of you probably didn't even hear this story because it happened six months before all of the propaganda about burning manufacturing facilities to the ground and it's back up and running. Shocking, I know. But that's what happens when stories don't make the news or conspiracy theories don't include that in the news. So there you have it. That's the uh, end of the podcast for the week. Three interesting stories, 15 minutes of your life that you'll never get back. Don't forget to like my uh, podcast, leave a review, share the word, all the good things. Thank you. I'll see you next week.